Hey, and welcome everyone to the Journey Beyond podcast. We are now so far six episodes deep on this incredible and transformative journey um, that we have embarked on a couple of weeks back. And after going through some you know, major topics in the field of identity, mental resilience, and just how to shape your minds and your, you know, yourself, your spirit into a person that can resist and handle the situations of life that are coming towards you. I wanted to take a little bit of time to see and check in with you and hear about your feedback. Hear about your feedback, what you liked about the last couple of episodes so far. I know on last week's episode, we had the pleasure of interviewing Michael Imputu. And every time me and Michael get together, I mean, we know each other, like I said already, since a couple of years. And every time we get together, which is on a regular basis, we talk about these things. Like everything that we have mentioned and been through and went into on the podcast, we speak about on a regular basis. And I cannot emphasize enough how important it is to just have this group mentality, have friends that you can just share incredible moments with. Because I'm a very strong believer that, you know, every person that we encounter in this life is a reflection of ourself, is a reflection of our past, is a reflection of our future, and most importantly, is our reflection of ourself, how we are behaving in this world, who we are, who we have been. And so that's why I emphasize everyone to just go out there and meet people, engage in interesting conversations, and just see where they take you. Because... At least if you're meeting someone new, try to get to their essence. Try to ask questions that are a little bit outside of the norm. Try to go beyond the small talk, beyond the surface scratching. And you will discover that a lot of people, actually most of the people that you encounter, hold some wisdom, hold some incredible secrets that just might give you a different view on your life and how to change and how to become a better version for yourself, right? So... Um, last week's episode was all about mental fortitude, how to create that warrior mindset, how to get into the mind of a warrior and how to become stronger, stronger mentally, because everything in our life is mental. If you take this reality that we are living in this world, right? Everything is being created through the mind. If you think about it, and I stumbled upon this realization beginning of this year and I spend a lot of weeks just contemplating, not contemplating, but thinking about it, meditating on it, on when I was taking long walks, thinking about it. So imagine this, your brain that is producing through electromagnetic information that it's receiving through the outside world, your entire reality, what you see, what you hear, what you feel, what you smell, what you touch, um, but at the essence, your brain has never seen the sunlight. Your brain has never seen the outside world. And I find that so fascinating for myself to see how, you know, in this world, everything is being created through an organism which is sitting in a shell that has never seen sunlight, never experienced sunlight, but it's just creating your reality through the expressions and impressions it gets through your senses, right? But that's just a little side note. I don't know why I'm going into that topic, but I think relating back to the mental resilience part, me and Michael, we had some great conversations and I hope you guys took a lot from it. Um, actually, over the last couple of years, I had the pleasure of um, traveling to Switzerland for two days to reconnect with my good friend Daniel, which you've heard in 
our first interview episode, episode three. And, uh, you know, as Daniel is half Swiss, he came to visit his grandma in Switzerland. And I just said, you know what? I haven't seen you for five years. We haven't had the chance to connect in person for such a long time. We've been calling and connecting on a regular basis, on a weekly, bi-weekly basis for the last months since beginning of this year. And I just want to take the opportunity. So I went there. I saw the beauty of Switzerland. I can uh, not emphasize enough if you ever get the chance to go visit Switzerland. If you haven't, you have to. It's There's just so much beauty in this small little you know, country that is just pure magic. Because everywhere you go, you... It, it seems like you're looking at one of the most beautiful picturesque canvas in front of you that you could possibly imagine. Blue skies, blue seas, mountains that are so huge, filled and covered with snow. And it was just, we had such, such a good time. We had such a good time spending together, um, connecting, talking about, you know, God, talking about um, how we felt, how we're doing in our life. And we had some great conversations as well about self-love. Self-love is a topic that... I uh, wanted to direct the next part of this podcast about because, you know, like I said, everything that we're going through right now is surface scratching. Everything that we're going through is surface scratching and we're just touching on the first kind of encounters of, you know, what authenticity means and how you can develop it for yourself. What mental resilience means and how you can, you know, create and become more mentally resilient. But at the essence of it, it all leads back to one single source love funny enough i had an i had the pleasure of having a long 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 conversation with another good friend of mine yesterday and we talked about the topic of self-love um actually it was boiling down from a series of questions and conversations that we had about you know how to feel comfortable and you know what what, what we're kind of seeking in life and i realized i it had a lot of reference to my own personal journey because throughout my life i always thought and felt like I had enough love to give to the outside world because I was raised in a loving family. My mom gave me a lot of love and she just showed me so much compassion, so much like manners, feelings, how to express your feelings. And I thought, wow, my cup is full and I can just give it out and I can just, you know, share love to the outside. That's what I did. And Throughout the course of the last, I would say, 10, 15 years, I came to the realization that every time I thought my cup was full and I wanted to give love, I was that typical, I was a typical people pleaser who made it his focus to help people, to put other people's health and well-being over my own. Because I felt the more I help other people, the happier I get. So I just kept emptying my cup and emptying my cup and emptying my cup not realizing that my cup was not getting any fuller by helping other people. I thought to myself, well, at least, even if I don't feel good, even if I don't feel um, like I have enough love for myself, you know, maybe by going out there and showing love to other people, being such a nice guy, this love and this container can be filled. But let me tell you something. It took me a long time to realize that trying to compensate and trying to go out there and, you know, empty your cup over and over and over again without realizing how full it actually is can be a very dangerous path. Because a lot of people, they 
don't see that you're overgiving, right? And they're just taking. They're just taking the water in your cup and it gets emptier and emptier and emptier. And at a certain point when they are feeling better, you've given them all of your water, you feel like shit. You feel so bad. And it made me realize another thing. It made me realize that everything that I was looking in the outside, I was looking for on the outside, all of the love that I was looking for, you know, going towards people, trying to help people, trying to, you know, give love and happiness and smiles and good vibes. It was all just an inner craving for love towards myself. And back in 2019, I had the pleasure of encountering um, my first real coach from my life. His name was Safwan and Safwan, he absolutely changed my life. Safwan was a guy who was very well versed and trained in the mental and physical faculties. He was someone who approached my training in a way where he strengthened my body first before working with my mind. And through Safwan, I realized um, through you know months and months and months of hard training, um, through a lot of meditation and talks with him, that at the base of it, I was lacking so substantial basics for myself. I knew, because I was raised by a single mom, um, I knew that you know the position of a father has always been a very important one to me. I my father was not there since I was born, and I always always thought to myself, okay, well, he doesn't love me, and because he doesn't love me, I don't feel like I feel I need to perform, and I feel like I need to compensate somehow to feel loved. Even though my mom was giving me enough love, I always felt my cup was empty. I always felt like my cup was at the essence full enough to share with other people, but empty enough to give that love to myself. So what happened is I I told myself over and over and over again, well, I know that this father wound that I hold inside of me, this grudge, this feeling of not being enough, this feeling of being you know, unworthy, this feeling of not loving myself enough and not giving myself the respect the love, the attention that I need is something that I need to address. But boy, I can tell you, um, and I can probably relate to a lot of people out there who maybe not have been through a similar path, but who know that there there is something in your life that you are running away from, inevitably. Because if you're seeking relationships for the sake of love, for the sake of connection, for the sake of not being alone, I can tell you what you're really looking for is a sense of self-love that you're not giving yourself, that you're trying to, you know, distract yourself with to not think about what you really need to be doing. So I knew deep down that that father wound that I had, this deep inherent feeling of not being worthy and not being, you know, enough came from that came from that father figure that just left my life when I was a toddler, right? I never had the chance of reconnecting with him. And at a certain point, I felt like it was not necessary to reconnect with him. Like I don't need him, right? But this father wound was always there. So what Safan brought up to me is he brought the topic closer and closer and closer to me. We had an incredible um, coaching trip to his home country of Morocco, where we traveled through for 10 days. And within these 10 days, we did some deep, deep trauma work. And he brought up some things inside of me, some inner child wounds, some, you know, thoughts, memories, um, words that I stored in the 
deepest part of my subconscious that my mind consciously avoided to use because they ingrained so much pain and they ingrained so much suffering for myself as I always, since I was small, felt like I was not enough. So throughout this trip, I made him a promise. I made him a promise that I would conquer my biggest fear. I would conquer my biggest fear by confronting, by confronting my dad. So we came back after 10 days and you know, at that time it was 2020, COVID just started, lockdown was there and we didn't have any contact. And me and Safan, we didn't have any contact for a couple of weeks. And actually, for some reason, I don't even know why, the connection kind of broke off a little bit. The communication was really bad because we couldn't physically see each other and it's really hard to communicate and to connect with someone if you can't see him physically and it's just over phone calls. But time went by and I knew that I was, I knew what I had to do and I knew that I made a promise and I knew consciously that I was not holding my end of the promise because I was just so frantically scared of confrontating my dad. I mean, just imagine you don't have a father figure for like 20, 24 years. That is a big wound and that takes a lot of courage to overcome. So after I think six weeks of not being able to contact, um, not being able to see Safwan, you know, the borders opened again and I went to see him. Our relationship at that point was very fragile, very weird in a certain way because, I don't know, just so much miscommunication happened. And I entered his house and he looked at me in a very cold manner. Cold, like he was for some reason disappointed. And keep in mind, Safon over the last nine months became like a father figure to me. He was my coach, he was my mentor, he was my best friend. And I looked at him like a father figure because he gave me all the attention, love and dedication, lessons that I've never received from this father figure in my life. So I entered his house and he looked me deep into the eyes with a feeling of, um, with a feeling of dissatisfaction, with a feeling of being disappointed, like with a feeling of disappointment, that's the right word. I saw disappointment in his eyes and he didn't speak much. And I asked him, hey, what's, what's up, what's wrong? I mean, I'm happy to see you again. I'm happy to connect with you again. And he just looked at me and he told me dead into my eye, hey, listen, you know that you made me a promise, right? And you know that you didn't hold your promise. And you know that I don't appreciate you for not holding your promise, even if it's hard, but a promise is a promise that you made to yourself. And one thing that you have to keep in mind is that the truest form of this, like authentic being is doing the thing that you promised yourself that you would do. I instantly looked down on the ground because I felt very ashamed of my being. I felt very ashamed of, you know, of myself because I realized that, yes, I made him a promise and I didn't hold my promise. And what he did next at that moment was the most shocking and heartbreaking thing that could have could have possibly happened. But in hindsight, it was the best and most amazing thing he could have ever done. He looked me deep into my eyes and he said, hey, listen, I'm disappointed in you. And I wanna make this very easy for you. If you don't hold your promise to yourself and to me, it's, I mean, it's okay that you don't hold your promise to me. It is not okay, you know, but for you, it's okay. 
But what is not okay that you're not keeping your promise to yourself. So I'm going to make this very easy for you. If this friendship means anything to you, I want you, and excuse my words right now, I want you to get the fuck out of my house. I want you to leave right now. And I want you to never, ever contact me again. I want you, I don't want to see your face anymore. I don't want to hear from you anymore. I don't want to receive any texts from you anymore. I want you to leave right now. So he pushed me out of the house and slammed the door behind me. I was in shock. I was in complete awe because I just thought to myself, my entire world started breaking down again. And I, I've, I, I, I felt so many emotions at the same time. And I felt old patterns coming up again from my childhood. I felt old patterns of sorrow and of grief and of, you know, fear and anger and sadness coming up. And I just left in shock and I went into my car and I started crying instantly. I started crying like a little baby and I just started driving home. He lived around 20 minutes away from me. A little side note that you have to hear right now to understand the story a little bit better is that my father never lived far away from me. He lived 15 minutes away, but there was never any interest in connecting with me. There was never any birthday wishes. There was never anything for Christmas. There was just no willingness or no interest in contact, right? But he lived 15 minutes away. He lived on the highway, the next exit after mine. So I got into my car and I started driving home and I was just in pure shock. I had, within those 20 minutes drive back to my place, I had panic attacks. I started crying, I started screaming. I, I was so panicked and so in shock because I had literally to through live an entire breakup again. An entire breakup from a father figure that meant the world to me, that meant a lot to me, that is not interested, that says he doesn't love me. He didn't say that, but you know, that's what I understood. That gave me the feeling of being disappointed. And that just brought up so many old memories again. Memories that I'm not even aware of, but just feelings. And it was horrible. My hands were literally clinched to the steering wheel and I couldn't loosen them. They were so cramped and I started screaming, crying. And I it, it, that was probably the most, the most reckless and dangerous situation that I could have possibly been driving in because I was crying so much I couldn't see anything anymore, right? But I just kept driving and driving on the motorway home and home and home. And for some reason... You know, this autopilot kicked in and I just drove, not naturally. And so what I realized when I came closer and closer to my exit, I saw my exit already from far. I realized, wow, for some reason, my foot doesn't want to go off the gas. For some reason, my hands don't want to move because they're clinked and crammed towards the steering wheel. And... I just drove by my exit. I continued driving. And in my head, I was like, yo, what are you doing, Tim? Why are you, what are you doing? You missed your exit. You have to go out there. Why, where are you going? But back in my mind, I knew where I was going. I knew really well where I was going, but I couldn't believe it. Because at a certain point, I saw the second exit, the one where my dad lives. And my hand naturally turned over to the right, leaving the exit. And then I realized, no, 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 no. This is not happening. So I panicked even more. I started screaming. I started crying because I know where he lives, right? I know where he lives, but I was just panicking even more. And this entire situation held 
until my car stopped right next to his house. All of a sudden, my hands popped off the steering wheel. All of a sudden, my foot pressed the brake, and I was just sitting there. I was just sitting right in my car next to his house with a big hedge in between me and the house. So nobody could see me, but I was just sitting there in my car. And I can tell you that was probably the most scary feeling I ever had in my entire life. Like you could literally tell me, undress yourself, get naked and walk through the crowdiest place on earth right now. Expose yourself fully or do a skydive without a parachute and someone picks you up and gives you a, you know, a parachute last minute. These things seemed easy in my mind. But being here and confronting the, theor- the thing that I was scared of the most was probably one of the scariest feelings ever. So I was sitting now there in my car, still crying. And time went by. 10 minutes went by. 15 minutes went by. I attempted for like the third time to leave the car or drive away. But for some reason, something inside of me kept me in that place. Something inside of me told me to stay. Stay and confront your fears. But I was like, man, I was talking to myself internally and I just said, no, I can't. I can't do it. I'm, I'm so scared of it. I'm so frantically scared of it. I cannot do it. And time went by even more. 30 minutes, 40 minutes. I was sitting 45 minutes in my car, parked, shut off, next to a hedge, next to my dad's place. And I couldn't go out. I didn't have the guts to go out. And this is where I I still have to thank God until this day. This was like a funny coincidence. I don't even know. It's not a coincidence. It was meant to happen that way. But in that moment, it just seemed so unreal. Because all of a sudden, the the postman came by. And he parked his car right behind mine. He went out. He had a letter in his hand. He walked past my car. He looked inside. He looked quite cringy because I, at that moment, I probably looked very spooky, you know, like red eyes, crying, just absolutely destroyed, <laughs> destroyed being. He looked at me, he, cr- he cringed, and he looked like, what the fuck is this guy doing, you know? And he, he walked in front of my car, went to the hedge, and there was this small door in between the hedges. And... He had a letter in his hand and he took the letter and he passed it over the door and a hand grabbed it. And that moment I already thought to myself, no, 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 please, no, please, no, please, no, please, no. And in the next moment, for some reason, a head sticks out of the corner of the hedge and looks right at me, looks right at my car. And it was my dad. Oh my God, how can this How can this happen? What are the odds that he's picking up the letter? What are the odds that he's now standing in front of that hedge looking at me and he sees me now? So I can drive away now. If I drive away now, I, lo- I will look like the biggest fool ever. So I got, I got all of my, and I have to thank God for that so many times over because I don't know if otherwise I would have been able to do it. But sometimes life gives you a little push. If you're too scared to do the thing that you really need to do, if you're too scared to do the thing that you know you need to do to find peace, healing, and love towards yourself, for yourself, 
sometimes God gives you a little push. It can be a gentle push. It can be a hard push. But he guides you and he wants you to grow and he wants you to do the things and confront your fears. Because happiness and love is on the other side of fear and hate. So I got together all of my guts and I, I just told myself, okay, I cannot leave right now. I have to go. So I opened the door. He was. He looked at me and he recognized me right away, right? He was in shock as well. He looked at me and he just stared. And at that moment, I just got all my guts together and I was like, okay, let's do this. I opened the door, got out of the car. I walked over to him. I looked in his, in his eyes and with a very stuttery voice, I tell him, hi. Um, hi, Arna, because that's his name. Hi, Arna. Um, well, you probably remember me. He was like, yeah, for sure. I was like, well, I think we need to talk. I think we need to talk. And he completely in shock. He looked at me because he hasn't seen me for like 20 years, 20, yeah, 23 years, something like that. And he looked at me and he was in shock. And he said, uh, sure, sure. I'm just going to get the dog and we can go for a walk in the forest if that's cool for you. I was like, yeah, sure. He got the dog and we started walking. At this point, I want to give a little bit of context again, because that's important. Um, throughout my childhood, throughout my life, I always had very bad thoughts towards him. Because this anger and this sorrow and this sadness just came with a lot of questions. Questions like, why would you leave a child fatherless, growing up without a father figure? Why would you leave a child alone like that and never even, you know, congratulate him for his birthday? Why would you leave and let a child suffer so much? Because he doesn't understand. He doesn't get why his father is not there. Why would you do that? Right? And I had just such mean words inside of my mind. I had such hateful sentences, words, wishes. Like I... I don't even want to speak that out here because I know I'm not that person anymore, but that's part of my past. I wished him the worst. Anything you could wish to a person that you hate, I wished him, even to the extreme. And I'm not going to speak it out, even to the extreme. So that's a little context that is important for the next part of the story. And because as he took his dog, we continued walking into the forest. And I think for the first five to 10 minutes, it was the most awkward silence or small talk that I've ever had in my entire life. It was just like, well, um, how are you doing? What's up? How's life? How are your kids? How's your wife? Because I know I have three half-brothers, which I haven't at that point met or connected with, um, which are actually six years, eight years, and 10 years younger than I am. I never met them. So at that point, they were 17, 15, and 14, 13. Um, and he had just small, awkward, s small talk, you know? And at a certain point after 10 minutes, I thought to myself, come on, Tim, dude, you, you literally made it this far. You've been through 25 years of pain. You've been through a car ride of hell. You've been through ripping out your hair, crying, screaming, panic attacking, and not killing anyone on the road. So now you're here. So open your goddamn mouth. And at that moment, I did something which I can highly encourage, which is... Actually, lesson number two, but I'm going to get back to lesson number one a little bit later because there is a meaning behind it. I did something which was the best thing that I could have ever done because all each and every single one of us, we hold grudges. 
We hold grudges against someone or something, some situation, some family member, some things that happened in the past, some bad boyfriend, girlfriend, relationship, whatsoever. And we tend to filter the words that we are thinking to make them socially acceptable towards others. In that moment, what I did was the best thing I could have done for my heart because I took away every single filter that I could have possibly used. And every single word that I had in my mind, unfiltered, I spoke out. I asked him exactly these questions that I asked you before, or that I told you before. I asked him how the fuck, excuse my language, how the fuck you could do something like that to a child. How he could, you know, punish someone with a lifelong of just sorrow, of like not feeling enough, not feeling loved, not understanding why someone leaves, right? And I just spoke that out. I just dropped everything out. And I felt with every single sentence that I spoke, I felt my heart opening and my chest. It's it's a magical moment how your body responds to your traumatic experiences in a, in a way how we, f- we feel like we're normal. We feel like everything is normal. But if you unveil something that has brought you a lot of trauma and you resolve this trauma, you resolve this pain, all of a sudden your body responds and it goes back to a state of normalcy. All of a sudden my chest started to open. I started to feel my heart pop like completely. And I took breaths and I never felt like I could breathe this deep. I thought my breathing was good and I had very deep breathing. But no, I didn't. I had very shallow breathing. In that moment, I realized when I took that first breath, how slowly I was gaining more and more capacity to breathe, to feel, to inhale. That was never there before. So the conversation continued and we walked and I just started spilling. We walked for 35 minutes, 40 minutes. and I just went bam, bam, bam. And I gave him the chance to speak, you know, and I gave him the chance to explain himself and be there and explain why he did what he did. But that didn't answer the most important question that I had to him. That didn't answer the most important question that I was asking myself since the day I was born. He gave me answers such as, yes, I mean, I, I, I was not ready and I did this and that. And I, it all made sense. I mean, it's it makes sense. He was my age when he became a father and he was not ready. Same as I am not ready right now for to being a father. So I, I understood all of these things, but nonetheless, they didn't answer the most important question to me. Because at a certain point when I let him speak, I, you know, we cleared some steam already. And it came to the point where I asked him, why? Why did you do this? Why did you never contact me again? Why did you never contact me again? And at that moment we stood and he just looked into my eyes and I just saw in that moment tears running down his eyes. I I saw tears running down his eyes and I felt so much pain inside of him. So much pain inside of him. And he looked me into the eyes with super watery eyes and with a very shaky voice, he said, because I wasn't even half the man that you are today. I wasn't even half the man that you are today and I didn't have the guts like you are having today to confront me. And this is something that I have to deal with for the rest of my life, that I was a coward, that I was weak. 
weaker than you and weaker than I ever wanted to be. But this wor- these words of, I wasn't even half the man that you are today, for me changed everything. I started crying instantly because I always thought I was not a man enough. I was very feminine raised, right? I understood women, never had that many good connections with men. Um, always, you know, and I lacked a lot of like male skills that you learn as, you know, when you have a father. Um, so I just saw him crying and it felt good to let all of that go. And that moment when he said these words, they it literally, my heart popped open. It felt like it never felt before. I felt like I could finally breathe again. It started pounding so hard and I felt so much relief going through my body. And I obviously had to cry too. And I went over to him because I just saw him crying so hard. And I went over to him. I took him in the arm, in, in my arms. And I just pressed his head against my chest like a father would do. And we just cried together. We cried together. So the next part is actually the healing moment for me because... You know, after a while of crying together, I looked him into the eyes with very watery eyes and it was such a beautiful and vulnerable moment. I just told him, I looked, at him I looked him into the eyes and I just told him, hey, um, I just want you to know, I forgive you for everything that you have done to me. I forgive you for everything you have done wrong. I forgive you for all of the pain that you have caused me. I forgive you for all of the, you know, problems, trauma you have caused in me. I forgive you for everything. I will not forget, because I can't. Part of my, my life, for a whole quarter of my life. But I forgive you, fully and true-heartedly. Because whatever happens after this day today, I did not do this for you. I did this for me because I needed closure, because I needed healing, because I needed to surrender and grow and become a better man, become a better you know, father in the future, to not do the same mistakes that have been ingrained on me and in my past. I forgive you, but I will never forget. And whatever happens after today, I genuinely don't care. If we will, after this day, never get in contact anymore, that is totally fine by me because it's not going to be different than the last 25 years. Just one thing changed is my respect and my love for myself. So everything that has happened today is I'm doing this for me, not for you. So this is actually the second lesson that I tell you combined with the first. The first takeaway from this is that each and every single one of us has is scarred in their own way, in their, or fo- in, in their own form, and on their own path. And we are running away constantly from the things that we know deep down, if you take the time and ask yourself deep down what you need to do in order to get resolve, in order to experience healing and love towards yourself, from yourself, not from outside, but from yourself to yourself, if you ask yourself and take the time, you will realize that deep down there are things that you need to do. And 
That's point number one. Every single one of us has this thing that he needs to do. But we are too scared because it is scarier than anything in the external world. To confront your own fears, your deepest fears that are rooted in emotions, childhoods, trauma, experiences that go back for so many years and that hold so much weight is the scariest thing out there. But I promise you, if you can overcome these things, you can do anything in life. Life will seem easy after that. So ask yourself those questions. What is the thing that I need to do that I'm avoiding to do right now? And what is the thing that I'm avoiding to do that will enable me to let go of all the external validation, that will let go of trying to seek love in other people, trying to search for relationships to feel whole, trying to feel like he needs or she needs to have a boyfriend, girlfriend, a relationship in order to feel happy, to finish the circle, <laughs> like we spoke yesterday, me and, uh, me and my good friend Celia. Um, find it for yourself. Find the thing that you need to do and make that your life mission. Because trust me, after that, after this challenge comes a life that you didn't even know you would have. And number two is that you should do these things for you and for no one else. Make it your sole mission to do the things that you have to do for the sole purpose of cleaning your heart and cleaning yourself from everything that you need. Don't do it for anyone else but yourself. Your heart needs closure. Your heart needs love, understanding that it is loved, that there's always that it always has been loved. The love was just a little bit tainted. And number three takeaway that I can give to you is that after you've decided that you're going to tackle it, pull it through through the end and have faith that even if you don't feel like doing it, even if you're too scared, ask for help. Ask for someone to push you. Ask for someone to walk the path with you. Because I knew in that moment I was not alone. God was with me the entire time. God was there when he kicked me out of Safon's house. God was there that he didn't kill me on the road when I was driving and crying and I couldn't even see clear. God was there when the postman came. Just know that you're never alone. Just know that you're always guided and protected at every single point. So after this moment, we left the forest, me and, uh, me and my dad. And I told him, hey, listen, it's very simple. Um, I did this for me and the ball is in your court right now. I genuinely couldn't care less what happens after today because I found my peace. I found my happiness. I found my closure. I found my love back. And that's everything I wanted. So the ball is in your court. And if you want to have contact with me again, and if you ever want to see me again, that's up to you. But I don't care, right? I genuinely don't care. So it's up to you. And he said, yeah, 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 I will. I definitely want to see you. I definitely want to reconnect you. I interrupted him right away and I said, hey, listen. Actions, not words. And that's number three. Don't talk about the things that you want to do. Because talking about the things that you want to do isn't doing the things that you need to do. Writing down isn't the thing you need to do, isn't doing the thing you need to do talking to other people about it and making promises to other people 
isn't doing the thing that you need to do. The only thing that is doing the thing that you need to do is actually doing the thing that you need to do. And that's an important lesson that I want to give to every single one of you. I told him, hey, listen, it's up to you. I don't care. And I left back to my car. We parted ways. I went home. I went to my car. I started driving and I felt the most incredible that I've ever did in my entire life. I felt like I was reborn. I felt like I cried out of happiness. I was in shock. I came home. I told it to my mom and she even started crying. She felt so happy for me. Um, The days and weeks after that and months after that and even years after that were the most beautiful I've ever had. Because in that moment, I truly found myself. I truly understood what it means to start loving yourself. And it doesn't mean that you love yourself right away and you're perfect. No, 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 no. You're taking baby steps. But those baby steps eventually lead you to that place of contentment, of confidence, of self-appreciation, of authenticity. But it has to start somewhere. If you are running away from the things that you need to do, trust me, you will be running your entire life and things will not change. Only when you take the courage, only when you have the strength to encounter, confront your biggest demons, your biggest enemy, and you face your enemy with courage and dedication, and you start speaking your heart, you start opening and saying the words that you need to do, and saying the words that you wanted to say, only then will your heart fully open and show you a way, show you a world, show you a path that is the one of the true warrior, that is the one of the enlightened warrior. And this is not only for men, this is for every woman, every man out there, for anyone out there. It always kicks me off when I tell that story because it has been such a big part. And I mean, I want to definitely make this you know, self-love um, topic. I want to extend it because I feel that there's a lot of people out there that are struggling with it. And I'm only learning now how to truly live authentically and give love back to myself fully by daily actions, by overcoming and doing the things that I fear, right? So I know that in my next episode, we will probably have a really cool interview with someone who I believe is an incredible person to talk about the topic of self-love, who is an incredible person in its essence, who is so full of love, who's so full with happiness. And I can't wait to share that with you, but I'm probably sure that we will make a couple of more episodes about self-love along the way, because I believe this is the thing that everybody needs to focus and work on. So just to finish that story off, I went home, 24 hours passed, and my dad texted me. And he said like, hey, uh, it, it was absolutely amazing seeing you again. And I would love to invite you to my wife's birthday um, next Saturday. So in like three days, in like five days. And I would love you to come meet the family, meet your brothers and just spend a good time with us. And I went there. And since that day, since May the 22nd, 2020, I've been building a beautiful relationship with my dad and most importantly with my brothers, brothers that I never had because I was a single child, with my three half-brothers um, over the past three years. And 
we see each other on a regular basis now, at least once a month, because we're all very busy, but at least once a month we take the time. I go there, we eat pizzas, we talk for hours and hours, we drink some wine, and we just have a good time. And it brought me so much peace into my heart. It was the hardest thing that I've ever done. It was the scariest thing that I've ever encountered in my entire life. But it was the most courageous action I ever took. And that courageous action brought me to the place where I am today, speaking to you over the topic of self-love and authenticity with an open heart and open mind and just a cup that is overflowing and that is just constantly being replenished by my self-love. A cup that actually has too much flowing over that is spilling it back out to the people that truly need it, but always keeping my cup full, always. So with this being said, I hope this little story about myself, and there's many, 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 many more to come. I mean, this is what I told you guys a couple of times already. This is my, this is my purpose. This is my essence for being here. It's to stare, share stories that matter and talk to people about things that will help every single one listening to find some part in themselves that needs some work and actually do that work. Do the things that you promised yourself that you would do. With this being said, Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a beautiful rest of the evening and ask yourself, what is the thing that I'm running away from? And if you need some help with that, if you're unsure how to tackle it, feel free to message me. Feel free to contact me and we can work this out together. It's going to be your journey. It's going to be you who's taking the actions. But if you don't know how to start, if you don't know how to take the first steps, I can tell you, I can give you a tip or two. I can definitely help you get on the right track to do the things that you need to do. So with this being said, as you know it, with all my love, all my heart, see you in the next one.